This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming to the Civilized Barking Podcast post-bloodbath edition. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Jason Lloyd. Um, we're just going to start with a story here that has nothing to do with um, the wild scene in Cleveland this morning or the funeral that took place this afternoon um, here in Cleveland. So about the last 15 minutes, we talked about getting situated here. We're in the press box on the fourth level for Synergy Stadium. So uh, we're grabbing the stat sheet and making sure our computer's good. And we're both fat old guys, so we needed to finish eating. And uh, so we get over here and we get set up, <laughs> plug everything in. And I set the microphone. Dup, I go, Jason, you ready to go? And the microphone falls down. Then collapse fast on the Browns' <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> and if that's not a metaphor for the day, yeah. So deep breath, uh, everybody. It's just one. But man, Jason, um, <laughs> it's a bad one. This isn't the same old Browns. This is worse than the same old <laughs> than the old Browns. The old Browns didn't get blown out in Week One. They, they haven't lost as bad since they were an expansion team in 1999. Well, unfortunately, you're right, but you're not thoroughly right in that. I uh, just saw the stat on Pro Football Reference that the Browns have out, been outscored in their season openers by 204 points. And over that same time, um, no team is at minus 100. <laughs> no other team. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, they just added, what, 30 to it today? 30, yeah. 30 um, more to it? 119-1 and one is the most pathetically unique record in sports. That's true. Um, however, look, look, this, this wasn't about history. Um, this was supposed to be a turning of the page two days ago on the player's tribune. It was miles Garrett with an article called we're here and, and the Browns did make a statement today and that's that they're not ready for prime time whatsoever. Yeah. My, my biggest concern, and it, it is one game. There's plenty of time for them to figure this out mm-hmm. and turn this around. Like no doubt about that. Right. My biggest concern coming into the season was offensive line and Freddie Kitchens. I saw nothing today to make me think either one of those things is solved. That's fair. Uh, it's inarguable. Uh, let's start with the offensive line. Yeah. How about there? So, uh, obviously, it was a case of everything that could go wrong did, and that Greg Robinson loses his cool, kicks Kenny Vaccaro in the face, rightly gets ejected. Um, they bring in Kendall Lamb, a guy they signed back in March. Uh, for this very situation, he's the only backup tackle on the team. They had seven active tackles among the 46 today. Kendall Lamb comes trotting out on the first drive. He goes down with injury. Yep. So now you got to move Chris Hubbard over. Um, you've got to bring in Justin McCray, who's a guard slash center. He's, he becomes your backup tackle. And after the first 15-ish scripted plays, in which the passing game was very impressive, um, you saw the fears coming. And, in, in, and Baker did escape a couple of them. Uh, one early that comes to mind, one on the second half touchdown drive. But your quarterback was a punching bag for the whole day. And obviously we know how this thing really goes off the rails, and that's for him to get hurt. Um, One of many missteps Freddie had today was allowing Baker to finish this game. Yeah. I know Baker wants to do that, but you've got to sometimes wave the white flag and just move on. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little surprised by that as well. They they were just coming at him in the fourth quarter. Everything, it kind of got away from, it absolutely got away from him. Uh, after the interception, and you know, if we're going to talk about the offensive line, I was thinking about this after the game. Austin Corbett's been a punching bag for the last six weeks, and he could be in a position where they need him, yeah, real soon. And that's a terrifying thought. It is. Um, you know, first things first. Here, you have to hope Greg Robinson doesn't get suspended. I don't know that he will. I don't believe that he will. But that is the kind of play he's certainly going to get fined heftily. Yes, and that is the kind of play that can get you suspended. If Kendall Lamb has a significant injury, and we don't know that at this point. You'll have to go to the emergency list for a tackle, uh, and it's hard to find those guys. Um, you know, it, it, the Browns aren't the only team 
that because of the tackle shortage is only going with one backup tackle on the active roster, but now you're going to have to scramble there. Um, you know, the question is, how do you fix it? Well, you traded for Wyatt Teller. He was not active today. I think that was more of a situation of you got to get him ready. Um, some people think he'll take over for Eric Cush. But just in general, so much of offense and offensive line is about timing and rhythm. The Browns had none outside of that first yeah. series, right? And then you just see the quarterback getting pounded, and that just gives you bad flashbacks and bad vibes for the next 15. Yeah, uh, they got to do a better job protecting Baker. Hubbard had a terrible day. Right tackle, left tackle, it didn't matter. He was either holding calls, giving up – he gave up the safety. They, they have to do a better job of, of keeping Baker upright. And, you know, Freddie said Baker's got to do a better job of getting the ball out fast. And obviously, you know, we were talking about this a little bit in the press box. It takes away their home run hitting ability, their big playmaking ability, if you can't give them time to stretch the field to get down the field. There is no easy answer right now. No. You know, the, the offensive line is a huge concern. It was a huge concern for me before today. It's even more so now. Yeah. Um, Sorry, they're packing up half of the stadium behind us. <laughs> That's okay. This is, this is what it's going to be. Um, you came down to the Muni lot last night. Let's go there for a second. Yeah. Um, you felt the energy you wrote. I thought was a wonderful article. You talked to some real characters. Um, this morning I made sure I was super early here. Uh, I didn't venture over to the Muni, but I, I was out. I was soaking it in. Uh, when I was in the stadium an hour, a little more than an hour before the game, I made sure I walked the concourse to kind of feel it. This was a real, real special day, and it was supposed to be not a crowning, Although, although I, I sometimes think it's, it, it feels like that, um, you know, just based on how far the Browns have supposedly come, but to crash the way they did, and right, if you had if you listed fears or reasons that the optimism might not be warranted, it would be the offensive line which we've discussed, and it would be in large part uh, the first year head coach and just handling all of this. Um, the Browns had 18 penalties. It was embarrassing. There were not just Greg Robinson, Miles Garrett shoving a guy in the face after yep. the play. Um, you know, some of them are the ticky tack variety. It's the NFL. As I said to you, sometimes there's a, a defensive holding call that's good because it saves you 40 yards. Right. <laughs> it only gives you five. But the complete lack of discipline, really, really scary for this team. Yeah, it was a wide variety. There was some procedure penalties. There were some holding calls. There was some roughing the passer calls. There were unsportsmanlike. You name it, they did it. Right. Uh, obviously, that has to be cleaned up. And, and I think that can be the emotional part of it. Should be these are all grown men. This was very out of character. Obviously, this isn't very often that this happens. I think it's been probably 30 years since they had this many penalties in a game, 25 at least. So you certainly don't expect that to be a continuing trend. But Freddie was thrashing around at the deep end a little bit today. I, I think we saw that. Uh, and, again, there's a lot of responsibility being heaped on him that he's never been anywhere near this type of That's right. pressure, this type of position. It's a lot of hats to wear on Sundays, and he got a crash course in that today. Of course, um, we've got a locker, locker room full of disappointment right now, which we should have. Um, that's not the way we want to be represented. Uh, we played, we lost our discipline, we lost our composure. Um, but it's one game, and we're going to be tested. Adversity, you either you take adversity and you either run together, run toward each other, or you run away. And I think we've got a bunch of guys that are going to run toward each other, and we're going to be fine. It's one game. I don't care how it counts on the scoreboard, but each game counts one time. Uh, and that's the way we're going to approach it.
All right, so we called a quick audible here. We basically had someone come over and say, sorry to interrupt, yelling in our microphone, but we kind of got kicked out of our – we got bullied out of our – we were the, are the offensive line. We got pushed around more than Chris yes. Hubbard did. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's continued here. What I was saying uh, at some point in this <laughs> – thanks for sticking with us here as, as we deal with this. Is I went to the Titans locker room because I wanted to talk to Kenny Vaccaro, uh, not only about him getting kicked in the face uh, by Greg Robinson – but just, you know, about the way that they were dancing and celebrating and really owning the Browns, the, the Titans secondary as a whole, I mean. And one of the things he specifically said was, we knew that they would lose their composure. He said, we were the least penalized team in the league last year. Wow. And we play a certain way. We don't retaliate. We walk away from things. And it was really, really scary to hear him say that. So, again, the theme of this is it's one game. They were never going 16-0. They were never even going 8-0 at home. You know, there's always going to be bumps along the way. And the, and the even better news for fans is it cannot possibly get any worse than it was. However, when right away the things that we point to as problem areas or potential concern areas all come to the forefront in week one, then you worry about the avalanche and can you dig out of it. The book is out on them. If, if opposing teams are saying that before the first game, <laughs> right. the scouting report is out, and it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the Browns start with a touchdown. Um, the first opening drive of the season touchdown for a Browns team since 1995, which is scary as hell. Um, and then, then it goes punt after losing five yards, uh, 28 yards punt, nine yards punt, minus three punt, minus three safety. Baker can't take the safety there. Right. It was just – all sorts of things where you can't do that. Yeah. Was it the first time Freddie used a timeout was to avoid a 10-second runoff? Like, what's wrong with settle down, guys? Let's catch our breath here. We're, I mean, because even really into the midway through the third quarter, nothing is going their way. They're still in the game. Yeah. And one, one of the things Baker has to learn, and this goes back to the injury concerns, is when to just give up. When yeah. to give up, when to get rid of it, when to throw it away. Uh, and... You know, he left today with with his hand wrapped, with his throwing hand wrapped. We'll have to keep a close eye on that as the league progresses. He said he'll be fine. It was obvious on, on the one hit that he took that it looked like something happened to him. Uh, so it's something to monitor going forward. But he has to know – part of what makes him great is his ability to keep plays alive. Right. And his ability to move and his ability to throw on the run and the, his competitive streak. But at the same time, the safety is a great example. You have to know when to get rid of it. Sure. And – it's one game into year two, so there's still a learning curve. We think he's arrived. Everyone thinks he's an MVP candidate already. But there is still things he has to learn, and to me that's one of them. No doubt, no doubt. Um, at the risk of continuing to talk in circles and just um, kick a team that <laughs> a Baker, lot itself. Baker said they're gonna, a lot of people are going to throw us in the trash this yeah. week, and he's, he's right. right. Uh, <laughs> the dumpster lids are open. A lot of self to lose by 30 yeah. at home today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make one more baseline point, and then we're going to go position by position here. Because I think most times we're going to do the podcast like this, guys, right after the game. Um, so I think maybe a quick report card without the benefit of you know hindsight or additional film or, or whatever. But I want to say this. The Titans, 9-7, um, three straight years, just missed the playoffs last year. In the playoffs, won a game, and then fired their coach because that wasn't good enough the year before that. In their program, they're way ahead of the Browns. And I think that got lost in a lot of this stuff. And maybe I'm guilty of it, Jason, and maybe you're guilty of it. You know, I've had reservations about the Browns' maturity issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just about this brand new world when you are 
the hunted versus the hunter when you do have expectations. Um, and they certainly fabulously failed every test today. Yep. It's just one. But the Titans have an identity. They know who they are, and it's not just the penalties. They came in and they stuck to it. They were completely the more prepared team. Of course they're going to use the screen game, yep. right? Yep. Um, and the other thing Kenny Vaccaro said is basically like, hey, hats off to the Browns. They're, they're a really good offense, and it's the first game of the year, so their scripted play is the first drive. They got us. They beat us. He goes, that's going to happen. We made some adjustments, and we beat them from there. Yeah, that's not a good sign <laughs> No, <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, the defense to me, I didn't see the, the – I didn't see the pass rush that I thought we were going to see. I mean, Mariota was sacked four times, but it just didn't feel like he was under duress a whole lot to me today. Like, Baker was running for his life today. Mm -hmm. And it, for the most part, it felt to me like uh, Mariota had a great day. Yeah. He played much better than I expected him to. Obviously, the screen pass went for 75 yards helps. Yeah. It inflates the stats a little bit. But he did what they needed him to do. I thought the Browns had the quarterback edge going into the game, and Mariota completely outplayed Baker. Completely, completely. Um, We've been over the offensive line, so we'll, we'll we'll start there with this quick grade. F for composure, F for execution. Yeah. Uh, the defensive line. Um, they certainly did not dominate. They made some plays, mm -hmm. right? Um, they they were a factor, but not the kind of factor that I'm not going to say everybody, me. I, I thought the Browns would win this game because I thought the defensive line, which we've heard from everybody, Freddie on down is the strength of the team would dominate this game, and that didn't happen. They didn't happen against the Titans offensive line that was not at full strength. And I thought that they were going to be able to get pressure. They'd be able to get home without sending blitz packages. I've talked about that this week. When you can get there by sending four and you can drop seven, it really opens up what you can do defensively. But I think the Browns did a very good job. But despite the four sacks, I just didn't think they did a very good job of pressuring Mariota. I'd give them a C. Yeah. Um, linebacker grade, anytime a screen pass goes from Menor to Lakewood. F. Yeah. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, secondary grade, Jermaine Whitehead picks up the uh, – I thought Morgan Burnett showed up around the ball, but Jermaine Whitehead picks up the roughing the passer early. Oh, no, he's just trying to make a play. I yeah. didn't like that one. It certainly was not a stellar game for the secondary. Right. One development there to watch. They listed formally Greedy Williams as the starter. So a bunch of guys are going to play. They did play. Eric Murray was out there playing in the, in the slot. Whitehead and Burnett were on the field together a lot. Um, this is something we'll need to go back on and certainly watch. The Titans are a unique passing offense, but Delaney Walker scores twice. Um, again, we're not giving out a lot of A's. Right? <laughs> this is a bad grade for the secondary. Yeah, but, you know, if you're do, if you looking for a bright side, if you're looking for a glimmer of hope, for everything that could have go wrong went wrong for this team. Yeah. It was an awful performance, and they were down 15-13 in the fourth quarter. And then the, the horses got out of the barn toward the end, and it makes it look really, really bad. But, you know, for the most part, for as poorly as they – executed they were still in this game so if you were looking for a silver lining to me it's that that for as awful as the final score was for as terrible as things looked at time for the quarterback leaving with his hand wrapped for you for the offensive line being in disarray right now this is still a 15-13 game uh right up until the screen passed and then things really went off the rails. well let's there. be clear we believe it's bruised ego for baker and the browns more than major injury kendall lamb could be the exception to sure Dontrell Hilliard concussion, that could be a big deal. They don't have a proven number two back. Right. Uh, you would say Dontrell Hilliard's not really a proven number two back himself. Scored the first uh, touchdown of the season. You yeah. You'd have won a lot of money on that. Right, right. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's a 60-minute game, and the Titans could have kept going. I mean, I yes. really, the two bad misses Mariota has, he throws off his back foot, not station. You know you have to make him, you know he's a roller. 
you know, and, and he just kind of did what he wanted to. Yep. <laughs> I was really impressed with him. I kind of knocked him this week. I still don't think he's an elite quarterback by any means. No. But for what needed to be done today, I thought he had a really nice game. Special teams, D, not an F. The only reason it's a D, I remember Jamie Gillen's one nice punt, good hang time, yeah. good placement. Other than that, you miss an extra point, yep. and you're committing penalties, and it's the same crap. It's an F. It's yep. got to get cleaned up. The margin is too slim. I don't care if you have Odell Beckham and Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon. You cannot make inexcusable mistakes, and you cannot rack up the penalties that keeps drives alive for the other guys. Uh, we talked about Baker. The grade there is far from phenomenal. Um, and is it time to ask when does he play well against a defense with a pulse? That is fair. You know, we was having that conversation before we went on here that if you look at his numbers against competitive teams, playoff teams, teams with winning records, whatever you want to, however you want to classify that, it's not good. He hasn't performed well. I, I still think obviously there's a lot of time for that to improve, but to this point he hasn't, he hasn't shown it yet. No. Um, running back, you know, goes along with the whole offense. No rhythm, no flow. Uh, Chubb, one nice run. I can remember, obviously, they got Hilliard involved early, then he leaves with the concussion. Um, you know, for the run game to succeed, it has to be game plan. It has to be O-line. It has to be timing. It has to be opening things up. This is going to be a pass-first team. Yep. That's Baker's personality. Um, that's the way I think you're going to open things up for the run game, and ideally you'd like Nick Chubb to be your closer. Uh, there's no closing situation when you're losing by 30 and no. everybody's going home. No. Um, Nick Chubb's a good player. Nick Chubb, I still believe, is going to have a good year, but as you look at um, you know the whole deal, uh, not a good grade there. You know, I thought Odell Beckham. I thought that was a ticky tack offensive interference. You know, that's what he does, right? He is. Yeah. It's his craft to do that. I thought he made a couple of other plays, and I have not had any major concerns about their lack of timing because they're going to need to do it in games. Jarvis Landry invisible until until the third quarter. Um, pass game, two drives. <laughs> Otherwise, stunk. David Njoku scores a touchdown and celebrates. You still can't count on the guy to catch no. the ball. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Throw it right in his hands. It's 50-50. He can make a dynamic catch when you need it, but a routine play, it's 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 up in the air if he's going to get it or not. Um, you know, that's our brief report card. I'm trying to think of a play that sticks out, but with the exception of guys in the white jerseys running up the sideline, there's yeah. not another one that sticks out to me. No. No. <laughs> that's kind of sad. Yeah, um, we don't want to sit here and go through the stat sheet because you guys can do that on your own. And we assume if you're listening that you watched the game, you waited for this game. To that, I would just say, um, you know, we tried to not get into cliches as writers. Um, that, that's, that's bad business and it's too easy. But one thing, having been around this league for as long as I have, is, is the best coaches, the best people who run the teams will tell you that it is their job to understand that it's never as good as you think it is, and yep. it's never as bad. That's really difficult right now. Yep. Um, if you're the Brown, anyone involved with the Browns, I get that. So what we learned today is it's not as good as many of us thought it might be, and, and that's fine. Um, I don't think the Browns are going to lose a bunch of games by 30. I do think uh, the offense will be much better. I do think there will be opportunities for this defense to dominate. But I, I just... I, ha I cannot believe the, the way the Titans were just so much better prepared. It's so obvious. Mm -hmm. You're down two offensive linemen. You're a screen and short pass game team to start with because of that's who Mariota is. And the Browns continually over-aggressive. Yep. And just like last year and just like the year before, simple plays 
Derrick Henry running up that sideline. If that if you're a Browns fan and that didn't give you flashbacks to Gio Bernard and the seas parting, then you were asleep for one of those games. Yeah, and we and we saw it all day, Zach. We kept saying the screen was there, the screen was there, they were just off, it was just off, and then they finally popped the big one. This wasn't a one-off. That play was there for them all day long. Exactly. And you got to know it's coming. You, you have to. There comes a point when you have to say, if Marcus Mariota dings us on a 22-yard slant right down the middle, then we tip our cap and we try to stop him on the next drive. You, you just – just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just – I cannot believe that Freddie and Steve Wilkes failed as spectacularly today as they did. Yeah. I'm stunned. Yeah. I'm I, I'm too. I, I was talking to a couple of players in the locker room and said I could have guessed a lot of ways that this was going to go. Correct. Never would have guessed this. And, and that's the, the biggest alarm for me too, Jason, is they lose, okay, it's one game. Yep. Right? The rookie kicker falters. Yep. Or the O-line has a disastrous a day. If there's one of those things you say that happens, that's the NFL. Yep. Right? The other guys drive real nice cars too, and especially in that Titans secondary. You know, Vaccaro, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, those are big-time players that have been around, yep. been through a lot. They're super well-coached. Uh, but to have it go this way and all the things go wrong and all of the fears come out and to lose by 30, it's embarrassing. And it's there. you don't need to, to do the last rites without saying it's super, super alarming. And now, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to look ahead, but now you're going into a Jets team that blew a lead against Buffalo mm-hmm. and lost and is going to be angry and you know I, I've thought all along the Monday night game at New York is not going to be easy and I felt like people were kind of overlooking that one I thought they were really overlooking this one and kind of overlooking that one uh 0-2 is not where you want to be and I said I don't know about a week or so ago that they could start two and five and I got shouted down you know trying to keep perspective that what exactly what you just said it's never as bad as you think it's never as good as you think but the, the we've talked about this before the schedule is front-loaded and the first half of the schedule is ugly. And that's why I've said, like, they better get this one because what lies ahead after it is going to be a little rough. And to not only not get this one, but to lose it in the fashion in which they did, I understand why people would be panicking today. So it was a four-point game in the first half, and nothing was going to Brown's way. But it was the first half, and they were one big play away. Yep. And I was sitting next to Aaron Goldhammer, who a lot of you know, a lot of you love to hate, whatever. I jokingly said to him, because uh, their show starts at 9 a.m. each weekday, I said, is Freddie fired by 9.14 tomorrow? And he said 9.07. <laughs> and, and we laughed. Um, <laughs> I did get my first Freddie Sucks tweet about halftime of the game today. Yeah, I'm yeah. still waiting for the first. They should have kept Greg. Well, I, I haven't gotten that yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Well, the defense looked a lot like uh, it, it had today. Um, you know, the caveat to that is <laughs> I'm jokingly saying that. But here we are, September 8th, and we're talking about a must-win game next week on the road is it must win what's yes. after that back here for the Rams. back here for the rams yeah that's must win <laughs> i mean yeah sound the alarm right it's we said you don't want to do cliches yeah. you don't want to do extremes yeah. you don't want to do any of that yeah here we are civilized barking we can only not, not say so civilized. yes <laughs> there's only so much we can say guys and so here listen here's the deal you're new to the podcast it's new this is what week three uh we're glad to have some real football to talk about we are both stunned that we're talking about it in, in, in this fashion. The podcast most times is going to be twice a week. One of these, which will be available on, on uh, Apple and all your favorite podcast platforms, will come out right after most games, if not all games. There will be a second one later in the week, mostly focused on looking ahead at the opponent, obviously with some different uh, weekly schedules coming up and with us just being new at this and kind of figuring out 
how we're going to navigate things. There will be some deviations to it, but download it, share it. Um, thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. Uh, we appreciate all the support, all the feedback uh, on the early podcasts and everything we do. Um, we enjoy doing it. I still think there's a chance you're really going to enjoy this year. But I got nothing else to say today, Jason. Yeah, better days are ahead. I do believe that. Better days are ahead. All right. For Jason, I'm Zach. Talk to you next time on Civilized Parking. It was a woof.